We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, ladies and gents, boys and girls, Monday, February the 20th, 20th, I was about to say 22nd for some reason, February the 20th. 2023 hope you're all doing well chris phillips here of the daily crow of the spurs up show appreciate you all tuning in we have got a lot to get into here on this monday and i appreciate each and every single one of you tuning in let's see we got travis allen colton austin gregory stephanie lee jeff gullidge uh davon bruin nation john edward Travi, Brendan, Alex, Ethan, Gad, Austin, Gregory, Mike, what's going on? Alex Heil, appreciate you all tuning in. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure that your questions are answered there. We've already got tons of comments rolling in. You guys are excited, fired up here on a Monday, here on this President's Day, by the way. I'm sure many of you are off today, enjoying your Monday, enjoying your President's Day. So if that's the case, again, guys, hope you enjoy it and appreciate you guys taking the time to tune in to us here on this Monday. Of course, as always, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go down the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com and use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100, you can play anything and everything. College sports, pro sports, everything in between. They've got it. Anything you can think of. And so many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends over at Prize Picks. So, again, be sure to go check them out. PrizePicks.com and or go down the app. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS at sign up to receive 100% instant deposit match. Up to $100, be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Again, you guys are fired up here on this Monday. I truly appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, Really, really excited, really excited to chat with you all. It is a sweet Monday as South Carolina takes care of business in emphatic fashion over the weekend, scoring 49 runs in three games in the series sweep over UMass Lowell. Just pure domination across the board. Podcast dropped this morning, by the way, episode 761. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know that that was the word of the day. Just pure domination, what South kind of did in all three phases, right? Offensively, defensively, and on the bump as well. So really, really good stuff. A fun weekend at Founders Park. And uh, the baseball obviously continues this week, right? Eight games in 10 days to get the season going. South Carolina will return to action 
tomorrow against Winthrop, and then Wednesday against Queens. Then you get the day off, and of course, the weekend series against the Penn Quakers at Founders Park all weekend long. So really exciting stuff, guys. College baseball is off and running. Uh, what a weekend it was. Truly just so thankful to have baseball back. How about men's basketball, by the way? getting to, Feels good to be good all across the board this weekend. Women's basketball, a little bit tougher than it probably should have been, but they squeak out a W. So uh, everybody on the winning side of things. And I think I saw somebody say, too, that softball's picked it up. I think softball's kind of gotten hot after starting the season, maybe a little bit slow losing that first game. So uh, let's see. <clears throat> let's see. Gamecock softball. Yeah, they swept the final day of the Carolina Classic. Gamecocks have won eight in a row. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Do not sleep on the softball team. So Feels good to be good across the board right now, at least. Really, really exciting stuff. Yeah, let's see. The softball team, 8-1 and one record. They lost that first game and have won since, winning eight in a row. How about that? How about that? Really, really good stuff. They will return to action. Let's see. Uh, Wednesday at Georgia Southern, a 6 o'clock first pitch on ESPN Plus in Statesboro. So, really, really good stuff. Really good stuff. A lot of folks, a lot of teams, if you will, Getting the job done. And again, I do want to hear from you today. Phone lines are open, 843-790-3377. We're taking your questions, your comments, and your calls, as we always do. Colton Carnell, let's dive into your questions. He says, do you credit Monty's addition to the hitting increase? I mean, again, let, let, let's, let's go ahead and get this out there, right? It was one weekend. It was one weekend against UMass Lowell. With that being said, I, I'll say this. I don't think it's the correct... Uh, the correct mindset to come into this Monday, you can't just completely discount what South Carolina did. I understand the competition, what have you, but there were a lot of other teams that played a lot of unranked ball clubs that didn't fare as well as South Carolina did. So you got to tip your cap and give credit where credit's due. So I, I think you look at Monty Lee and say, you know what, it I liked the approach all weekend. Um, I think Gavin Cassis was the one really, um, was the one kind of feast or famine kind of guy in, regard, in regards to home run or out, right? Kind of reminds you of a Wes Clark, but I thought that, which is fine, right? Which is fine. <clears throat> but I thought the rest of the lineup, I thought it was a very well-rounded approach, truly. I, I thought you saw guys, you know, getting deep in counts, finding their pitch, not trying to do too much. You know, Kit Balknight talked about this a lot on the broadcast in regards to guys swinging and being a teammate, right? Uh, and, I, you know, one of my favorite conversations I've ever had about hitting was with Alex Destino. You guys probably recall that name, right? Alex Destino parked a lot of balls over there by Image Inc. in his time at Founders Park. But, you know, he, he talked to me about hitting. And he said, you know, Chris, 0-0, 1-0, you're ahead in the count. Hey, get your hack in. Swing for the fences. Get your money's worth. You should do that. But when you get to 1-1, 1-2, you get behind in the count, be a teammate. Now it's time to be a teammate. And I, I saw a lot of teammate type of swings. You know, I saw a lot of guys... You know, it, it didn't look like they were going for the feast or famine type shot. It didn't look like they were going for the home run or nothing type of swing, right? Like I saw a ball, Carson Hornung, he had a home run that it was a laser line drive. I saw a lot of line drive, a lot of hard hit baseballs that way. You know, I, I, I want a lineup that can hit home runs. We, we all want a lineup that is able to hit home runs. You just don't want that to be your only calling card, right? When, when it calls for a single, when the situation calls for moving a guy over, when the situation calls for a double in the gap, right? You want to be a well-rounded hitter. That's how you have a high average and a very productive offense. But 
you shouldn't look at it also as like, oh, the home runs are negative. We shouldn't hit so many home runs. I mean, you hit 14 home runs on opening weekend. That is a positive because being able to change the complexion of a game with one swing of the bat, that's a positive. You just want to be well-rounded across the board as a group of hitters. And I thought we were. I really thought we were. So you want to credit Mark Kingston. You want to credit Monty Lee. You want to credit just, you know, these newcomers. I, I You know, I, I think what you saw, guys, I really think what you saw is – and I, I thought what I was most impressed with, right? With, these guys have heard the noise and the chatter all preseason long about the hitting. The hitting, the hitting, the hitting. You know, I even talked about last week how, you know, just winning wasn't good enough. You, you needed to have sort of a, a loud weekend, if you will. And uh, and you did that, responded the right way. More on that in a second. Let's jump to the phone lines. Evan. Evan, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, man, doing good. How, how, are, you, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Hey, man. Nothing new. I've been uh, I've been watching your show for a couple of years. Hey, do you do do you uh tune into a Jackpot show at all? Do I tune in a Jackpot show? Care on a Jackpot? Yeah, I do not. I can't. I can't say I do, man. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Doing what I do, I don't have a ton really? of time to tune into to other shows. No, I don't. I don't really tune into anybody else's show to be honest. Hardly. Hardly ever, but no, I've never, I've never, I've seen his stuff here and there, but I don't, I don't tune in on like a regular basis or anything. Oh, well, yeah. If you ever have free time, man, that's a pretty good, that's a, that's a good, uh, Carolina, um, uh, type <laughs> of, you know, South Carolina Gamecock channel. But, um, hey, man, uh, they, listen, things are looking up. I, I think, I know you're talking about baseball, but, uh, I just tuned in for a second. I, I had a little bit of free time, but, uh, man, things are looking up for the, for the top, for the football team as far as recruiting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, what you just finished with in the 2023 class, how could you not be ecstatic about it? And then um, your start to 2024 is incredible. So, no, yeah, man, I mean, I, you know, I, I – what is there to complain about, I guess? I mean, really, truly, um, you know, what is there to complain about at this current juncture? So, I, I think Beamer's building it the right way, and, um, you know, we got a ways to go before kickoff. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, – I think South kind of certainly trending up, no doubt. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny to me to think back to October because I I was at a wedding with my girlfriend um, during the during the Florida game, so I pretty much had either been at every home game for Carolina or watched them on TV. Mm. And that certain one, I couldn't. All I was seeing was like I had to like sneak my phone during the wedding, and and and, uh, and Florida just, just beat the brakes off of us, and it was like felt like the end of the world. I was like, oh, man, I'm all this hope in Beamer and all this hope in everything, and Tennessee is going to come in and just, just knock us out the park. And then, man, just being at that Tennessee game, there was nothing like it. Nothing like it. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think, too, speaking to what you're talking about, because I, I recall that, <clears throat> you know, very well also being in, in Carolina Alehouse in uh, Somerville and, and watching Florida beat our brains. And I, I think it's a very good reminder of how um, – you know, one or two games can really change the perception of how you feel about your program or your team and, and your coach. Because I, I recall at that point, Shane Beamer was catching some heat, no doubt. And, uh, you know, I, 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 think it's, hard. I, think it's, I think it's good to remind people to try to stay even keel because, you know, the highs are so, – that's what makes SEC football great is it's a roller coaster. The highs are so high, but the lows are also so incredibly low. And, hey, you go lose to UNC week one, how are people going to react? Is, is the sky going to be falling again? You know what I mean? Like, so I, I'm just, it's, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't think we're going to win the SEC championship this year. I, I don't think that, you know, I, I think people need to, 
you know, if we go eight and four or better again, we had a fantastic season in year three, and I think that would be a success. So, um, you know, I, I know it's tough, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost like preaching to myself because you can get carried away on a weekend, week-out basis. I mean, again, that's why I love baseball is because you don't overreact to one game. In football, one game, and it's, mm-hmm. you got to stew over that game, win or lose for a week, and, and people just lose their collective minds, right? And it's just – that's kind of what makes it great. But, uh, yeah, I, it's uh, – it is, it is, I think it's good to recall the good and the bad from last year and kind of learn from that as a fan and, and bring that into, uh, into this season. Because, I, I mean, I'll tell you this, I, there, there's no guarantees, right? <clears throat> I'm excited for Beamer. I think we're on the up and up. But, you know, there's as many reasons why, there are as many reasons why, hey, we could be this year's Tennessee. In regards to last, we could be last year's Tennessee this year, right? We, we could surprise, win 10 games, win 11 games. We also could be Arkansas of last year, who went six and six and had all these crazy expectations. I was, so it, it could happen. I was thinking something similar to that. Yeah, it could happen. As far as the um, Arkansas of last year, I was thinking something similar to that. There was a lot of hype around Arkansas. And a lot of hype, kind of. Yep, a lot but, of hype. I, like, like you said, eight and five. Yeah, that's that's blowing it out out the water. I, I, I would be happy with. I'd I'd be content with six and six going bowling again. You know, I mean, I would be, I would be okay. You know, I'd feel like, all right, well, we're still moving. I mean, because Muschamp, year three, I think, was his kind of step back. But I just, I'm, I'm interested to see how they use Harbor. I want to see if they're going to put him out wide and see if he can, if he's going to, you know, <clears throat> sprint down the field and just going to throw hail marys to him or how they're exactly going to use him because I feel like he's going to be too good to not have on the field as a freshman. Yeah, Beamer is confirmed. I mean, they're going to use him at wide receiver. So, they're going to have him on the outside. I think that, uh, you, you know, you're going to see him get the ball a lot. You know, how many wins is he worth? Is he worth a win or two? I, I don't know. But, uh, no, they're they're definitely going to use him at the wide receiver position. So, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, how could you not be? I mean, I, I will say everything I just said, I, I'll say the same thing I said in the preseason last year. You'd be crazy not to be excited about South Carolina football right now with all the good things happening. So, I, I'm just – more yep. so, you know, preaching that, you know, I, and I had this conversation with somebody over the weekend that, you know, I, I understand that fans, the way the way we think is like, okay, well, you know, we won seven in year one, so we had to win more in year two. And then people look at year three, we got to win more, we got to win more, we got to win more. Like, there's probably going to come a year where we win one or two less than we did. And, and, and it doesn't mean that the program mm-hmm. is, is, you know, falling off or trending in a negative direction but it's just it's just hard to win like it just happens you know what i mean so we've got real question marks and, yep. and as we get closer to the season we'll we'll talk about it because I, I don't think we're done adding guys to the portal i certainly hope not because we got some holes in our roster that absolutely need to that absolutely need to get plugged but uh yeah i, I feel confident what beaver's doing no doubt me too man all right man it's good talking to you yeah man i appreciate it thank you so much for the call Yes, sir, man. Yeah, man. Great stuff. Great stuff there. Bringing in the football chatter. I appreciate that. Uh, Austin Gregory says, growth isn't always linear. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's not. It's, it's not just like a straight line. Yeah, it's, it's not linear like that, right? It's not. So, I think you have to understand that. And, rec- and I'm not saying we're going to go six and six this year. I'm, I'm not saying that. Um, <clears throat> I'm not saying that at all. But uh, that's why it's so important to – hit that eight and four mark this year, I think, to establish sort of a new floor, if you will, right? To establish somewhat of a new floor. Matt Sellers, yes, Stone Blanton is not playing baseball. Um, 
suffered the shoulder injury in the Georgia game during the football season. And I, I really just don't think, Matt, he's been able to practice. I, I, I do not think, from what I've heard, Stone Blanton has been able to practice to a point to where he would be able to make a real contribution for this baseball team. I, I think that's really what it comes down to. So, which is totally fine. You know, I, he's going to focus on football, and uh, I guess that's a decision they all came together and made, and, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, Brendan M. in the TDC Questions channel says, the ironic thing about softball is I think Bev Smith is so – or sick, so she isn't coaching or wasn't at some point in the stretch. I did not know that. Uh, Hunter Kelly, do you think we can beat number one Alabama? I'm assuming you're talking about men's basketball on Wednesday, and I'm going to go with an emphatic no. Uh, do I think we can? No, I don't think we can. No. Nope. I think Bama's probably going to have their way with us. Probably going to be pretty ugly. Probably going to be pretty ugly. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. And uh, I don't think he took it as a slight or disrespect. But, no, I, I I admittedly have not tuned into a whole lot of Carolina Jackpot's content. Like I said, guys, it's not because, you know, from everything I've heard, I think Carolina Jackpot does a great job. And, uh, you know, I've mentioned it many times. You know, Gamecock fans are very fortunate, right, that there are so many talented content creators across the board. I mean, you, you've got a plethora of podcasts and shows and, and, and just content as a whole that you can tune into, which is a great thing. you got some people that do it some of the time, part-time, full-time, what have you. You know what I mean? And, and it's a great thing. So, I mean, I, I think Carolina Jackpot is just one of those that's in the catalog of Gamecock content creators that people can can tune into and, and, and find entertainment from. And, you know, from everything I've heard, he does a really, really good job. So, I, I've got nothing but positive things to say about, you know, what Carolina Jackpot does and – uh, but I just, you know, when you do what I do and you create your own content, you stay, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not just creating content, right? I'm wearing all the hats, running a business, uh, doing everything else behind the scenes. Not a whole lot of time to, and I'll be honest with you guys, when I tune into podcasts, 99% of the time, if I'm listening to a podcast, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a, a self-development type of deal, spirituality type of deal. It's, it's something that's not sports related, right? Because I feel like a lot of times, if I'm listening to a Gamecock show, it's it's just like I've already touched on all the things they're talking about. You know what I mean? So it's like most of the time, it, it's just – and, I, again, I don't have the time either to to consume other folks' content in that regard. So I'm, I'm very careful about what I am consuming, and, and I limit that to, again, self-development type stuff and self-improvement type of things and, um, you know, what have you. So, anyways, <clears throat> 843-790-3377-GUYS. Uh, Panic Ritter. Yes, you were wrong. Shocker. Shocker. Um, Lynn Turner, what's going on? Yeah, hits up and down the lineup, no doubt. Jeff Gulledge says, Miss Baseball this weekend. My daughter had her dance recital this weekend. She did amazing. Great to hear, Jeff. He said, love the recaps and coverage. Keep it up, Jeff. Absolutely, my man. I got you. Hey, that'll be the case all season long, my guy. All season long. Uh, Austin Gregory did want to point out prize picks is a free square for Luke next year. Over half 30-point games. Y'all go hop on it. Free money. Use promo code TSUS. Absolutely. When you score 49 runs, have no errors, and pitch lights out, there's no little competition that isn't impressive against. Absolutely, Austin. I agree with you. I agree. Yeah, Brian, softball has won eight in a row. And, and back to the baseball side of things, guys, I will say this. Back to the baseball side of things. You know, I thought what was so impressive is, again, all the noise and the chatter in the preseason, of course, could this team hit, right? The hitting. That's going to be where the pressure's at all season long. We feel good about the pitching. And the defense passed their first test of the season, right? Looked really good in the field. 
but the hitting. That's going to be the constant question mark week after week after week. And I thought that the way they responded was really impressive, but when you look at it, it shouldn't be that much of a surprise because Mark Kingston preached all preseason about a veteran lineup. And you look at the transfers that came in. These are guys who have done it before, right? They, they've been on stages with pressure, right? Pressure is not a new thing to them. And I think that's why this ball club was able to handle it so well. Never did I sense this team was pressing. Never did I sense this team, you know, felt any sort of external pressure. It looked like to me a team that was confident. They were confident in their approach. They were confident in their talents and their skill sets, and they executed on it. And again, I think that speaks to guys like a Will McGillis, like a Caleb Denny, like a Gavin Cassis, like a veteran in Braylon Wimmer, like guys who have taken a jump from their freshman to sophomore year campaigns, Cole Messina, Talmaj LeCroy, Carson Hornung. So to Mark Kingston's credit, I think he was right in the sense of this lineup should be better because of the veteran presence that it now has. And I think you saw that all weekend long, guys taking confident at bats, being in control in the box, right? Very few times that I see guys that look like get flustered or kind of didn't have a plan up there, right? So, and I thought guys were able to make adjustments. I thought the approaches were very well-rounded. It wasn't just feast or famine, right? You got, you have guys with tons of power and you saw that 14 home runs over the weekend, but I thought the approaches were very gap to gap, driving the baseball. Hey, you're going to run into some home runs. You play at a place like Founders Park. It's a bomb box for sure, which is a beautiful thing. But uh, I, I thought the approaches were solid. Again, it's just one weekend. It's UMass Lowell's pitching staff. We all get that. But for all things considered, when you think about the fact that the hitting was the talking point all preseason long, and that's really where the pressure lied on opening weekend for this team to respond the way they did, I think it's a job well done. And I really think you got to tip your cat to the group of veteran hitters uh, the Gamecocks have returning and also brought in as well. So, again, a job well done against that Riverhawks pitching staff. And again, all in all, like I said, I know the level of competition, but it just it looked like a veteran group of hitter, got hitters, guys that were comfortable or that are comfortable. Uh, and, and I think that's going to spell, you know, massive success for you. You know, and again, it's just one weekend, right? You get hot, you get cold, it's baseball. <clears throat> but uh, I, I, thought, I thought all in all, I mean, what, what, what can you really complain about? I mean, you also look at the pitching staff, absolutely dominant, dominant. I think we all felt confident in that. Here's what's crazy. You were dominant, and I, your, your best guy, Will Sanders, I don't think he had his best day, right? And, and, and there's reasons for that. I think that, you know, he didn't pitch all fall. Opening day, the, 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 the emotions are running high. Will Sanders is going to be fine. Will Sanders is absolutely going to be fine. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm confident what Will's going to do. I think he'll return to form. He'll, he'll be the dominant Will Sanders we all know and love. Really excited to see who starts this week. I would expect Eli Jerzenbeck to get the ball tomorrow. I, I think either James Hicks or Eli Jones will get it on Wednesday. Um, but either way, you're going to see a lot of guys out there, a lot of guys featured. The Beck, like A lot of guys didn't pitch, right? Matthew Becker didn't even pitch. Matthew Becker didn't even pitch. So, <clears throat> anyways, really, really exciting stuff. It was a great weekend. Uh, Andrew Murphy, where do you sit on this topic? Do you want to be playing in the big, in the big? Beginning of the year tournaments with the powerhouses? I love that we got to play a bunch of guys, and I see value in both. Yeah, there's value in both, Andrew, and I, and I think a season, <clears throat> I mean, let, let's, let's call it what it is, Andrew. I, I think that a season like this one, where your head coach has so much pressure and there's so much pressure on your ball club, I, I think it helps South Carolina tremendously to – have something to feel good about, right? I mean, I you know, 
how many people would be okay with if we were Tennessee and we were sitting here at one and two and you say, well, I mean, we played good competition, though. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. So I think for this ball club and the pressures that are now, I mean, if we opened up as, you know, preseason, preseason top 10 team, right? This is three, four years from now and Mark Kingston's right of the ship and, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, we've gone to Omaha, right? Well, then it's like, okay, let's push ourselves. Let's get in one of these tournaments. I think it's great for exposure. It's just, it's just great college baseball. It's a lot of fun. Um, but I think for this team this year, what's going down, I, I think it's a positive for sure to, uh, yeah, to, uh, you know, to open up the way you did with the team you did. So, anyways, going to be a lot of fun. Again, eight games in the first 10 days. It continues tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, midweeks. Back at it this weekend at Founders Park. Really, really good stuff. So, And, and the weather, by the way, the weather, by the way, is going to be incredible this week. It's going to be like high 70s. Low 80s. Uh, Grand Moth Kid. Yeah, we're, South Carolina is still 23rd in the D1 Baseball Top 25. 23rd. So no movement there, really. which, I mean, you're not going to expect any movement, guys. We beat UMass Lowell. So um, <clears throat> give credit where credit's due, but realistically, realistically, you're just, you're just not going to see a whole lot of movement. Um, you know, not going to see a whole lot of movement in the polls after winning that series the way you did. I, I, even the way you did it. It's just not going to happen. <clears throat> Guys, 8437903377. That's 8437903377. Let's see. Appreciate you guys tuning in. How do you guys feel, by the way, big news dropping this morning from Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated. Apparently, there is talk. College football leaders are moving closer to recommending clock rule changes meant to reduce plays in games for safety and game length reasons. Okay, so shortening college football games. Here's the four proposals under consideration. Prohibiting consecutive timeouts, for example, icing kicks. No untimed down at the end of the first quarter and the third quarter. Clock runs after first downs, except inside of two minutes and a half. I'm fine with that. Here's the one that I, I despise. Clock runs on incompletions once the ball is spotted. So... I, I just pose you this question. Do college football games need to be shorter? Do you, do you feel like college football games are too long? And I'll just say this. I think the commercials suck. That's, but that's what drives the money. That's what drives the revenue. So that I don't think those are going anywhere. What do you think? Do you think that college football games are too long? Do you think college football games are too long? I mean, I, you know, I'm not surprised that this is happening. I'm not surprised this is happening because of the culture that we live in. You know, they're trying to shorten every game because here's the reality, guys. I mean, we live in a TikTok culture. We live in a culture where nobody's watching a clip that's longer than 30 seconds, right? Nobody's doing it. So, like, the attention spans are very, very short. Right? So I get it. I totally get it. 
I mean, I, I understand why they're doing it. And I don't really even have problem with those a problem with those rules for the most part, except for the after an incompletion, the clock runs as soon as they spot the ball. I, I will, you know, but I will say this, and I don't know why it's a thing in football. I, you know, the culture of football is really interesting in many different ways. I, I just like what let me let me ask you this. And I understand teams get to the line and they make adjustments, they look at the defense. But it's so funny that that college football fans and teams and coaches and you get to the end of the game and you, you wish you had more time. You know, we, we need to have more time. Well, if you want more time, stop spending 20 seconds at the line of scrimmage before you snap the ball. Why do you have to snap the ball with one second left on the play clock? Why can you not just get to the line and snap the ball? Like, why is that a football thing? Why, why? And hey, if at the risk of sounding like a fool, I'm sure there's a football hardo out there that's tuned in that's just going to rip me a new one. But like, why? Why wait till there's one second on the clock? I, I just, I've never understood that watching games. I've never understood that. Like, why do you wait so long? I don't know. I, I just, I, I've always wondered, like, you could just go ahead and snap it. A lot of times you're not even changing anything. <laughs> like, it, it's just, I don't know. Anyways, uh, let's see. Austin Gregory, I'd like to know where this army of people calling for shorter games came from. In, in college football, you're correct. I don't think there's a lot of folks that do so. I think most college football fans, <clears throat> I think most college football fans just just love college football and they, hell they'd watch. I think most college football fans that are diehards would watch a six hour game. They, they don't give a damn. They don't give a damn. I will say that's one of the things I do love about basketball though is like how quickly the games go by. I really do. I, I it's a it's a condensed it's it's an easy to consume condensed product. That's a lot of fun to me. I don't know. I, I kind of enjoy that. I kind of enjoy that. Yeah, Austin Gregory. I, I listen. I would agree with you. Yeah, it's it's all for money. Uh, it's it's a business. I mean, Austin, they're going to make decisions that make business sense, right? They're going to make decisions that make business sense. I I I absolutely one hundred and ten percent agree with you. Yeah, it all comes down to business. <clears throat> it all comes down to business. So. Anyways, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Big time weekend for Gamecocks baseball. How about, by the way, basketball, though? How about basketball? Cheers to Lamont Parrish. Cheers, truly. And also to Gigi Jackson, who responded in the right way. 20 points. And, and I tell you this, guys, is the bar in hell? Maybe so. It is. It probably is. But when you get picked to finish last, right, getting that third SEC win, it's a big deal. And the fact that South Carolina might, probably won't finish last. That's a victory. <laughs> That's a victory in year one of Lamont Paris. Again, the bar's in hell, but we knew that coming in. So that's a victory in year one of Lamont Paris. It's been a rough season. It, it's, it's been very tumultuous to say the least, but hey, you're not going to finish last. And that alone, that in itself is a win. 
that in itself is a win. If you're trying to count minor small victories, which you have to, in year one of Lamont Paris, not finishing dead last is a victory, like it or not. So, I mean, I you know. Bruin Nation, how about change the damn 8 and 9 p.m. kickoffs on Monday nights for national championships instead of effing with the clocks? Yeah, that's, that's I don't, I, Bruin Nation, I, I don't understand it. I trust me, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. That's makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense why the national title game starts at the time that it does. It doesn't. Here we go. Playing with this mic here. Yeah, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Travis Allen says, I can't watch basketball. They call 186 timeouts with three seconds left. Yeah, the end of the game is, the, the last minute of the game takes longer than like the entire game. I don't know why, but that's the case. Uh, by the way, guys, wanted to update you. I have made the decision. Haven't officially like set the schedule or anything, but uh, live stream watch-alongs will be happening. We're, we're going to start doing them in baseball season. We'll probably uh, we'll probably kick those off for the Clem Sucks series. Probably get those going that weekend. So the live stream watch-alongs will 110% be happening. I'm actually going to get a new microphone, either a lavalier mic or like a, a headset that detaches that has the mic on it. So that way I don't have to like sit down and have this mic in front of me. But um, yeah, that's going to happen. So I'm actually really excited about it. I think it'll be a really, really cool way, <clears throat> unique way to make content, which again is, is the entire point of what I do. Um, I mean, it was great, honestly, this weekend being back on the home front. I'll get, I'll get out to Founders Park at some point, but it was great being on the home front, being able to sit back, make content, um, you know, was a really f- efficient way of operating. And uh, yeah, had a really, really good time doing it. So Gad says in the TTC Questions channel, basketball is fast until the last minute of a close game. In regards to football, time is fine. I'm the one sitting there watching games from noon till the late games are over. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, that's something else, Gad, I'm really excited about. You know, I, I was talking with uh I was talking with someone last night about just the, you know, growing up what I used to do. I used to go to my grandfather's and I used to go to my grandfather's and we would uh, you know, we would watch the games. I mean, I, I'd get over there at, you know, a.m., whatever, do some yard work and t- take care of some things. And then we watch games in the garage with my grandfather from, God, I mean, the noon games all the way. So I'd be up till 2 a.m. watching the West Coast games. And uh, I don't really get to do that anymore. <clears throat> I really don't. You know, being at the tailgate and selling merch on game day, you know, it's one of those things that was just so time consuming that I didn't get to do it. So, I'm looking forward to that. I, I'm looking forward to hanging back, getting to watch other games, being in studio, having multiple TVs going, having multiple streams going, you know, being able to create content throughout the day. I, I'm excited for that. So, I mean, again, all those details will come at some point, right? All those details will come at some point. But, uh, yeah, all those details will happen. So, yeah. Anyways, anyways, continuing to evolve. Maybe that's what we do here. Continuing to evolve, no doubt, no doubt. Let's see.
Guys, Carolina baseball is back after it tomorrow, taking on Winthrop at Founders Park, then Wednesday against Queens, and then return to action on Friday for the weekend series against the Penn Quakers. Really, really exciting stuff. Um, again, successful opening weekend. Listen to the podcast that dropped this morning, full breakdown, episode 761. Episode 761. Full breakdown of the weekend. We handed out the Oot Oot Series MVP award. Who's hot? Who's not? Key takeaways, all that good stuff. Really, really exciting stuff for sure. Um, also, yeah, Talk South got a men's basketball game. Cots getting it over for LSU. How about the women yesterday, too? That was a close game. That was a really close game. Travis Allen, South Carolina will play at 4 o'clock tomorrow and 4 o'clock on Wednesday and 4 o'clock on Friday. So you have these earlier first pitches earlier in the season. Because, Well, I say because of weather. It's going to be like high 70s this week. But typically, you have those earlier first pitches um, early in the week because, you know, you try to beat the cold weather, if you will. But, uh, yeah, it'll be 4 o'clock t- tomorrow and on Wednesday against Winthrop and Queens, respectively. So it should be a lot of fun. And, hey, listen, the midweek is a big storyline for this ball club because we saw last year, we saw what this team did last year in the midweek, right? We all saw that. So, um, you know, it, it is it is very important for South Carolina to bring that same intensity and that same energy in the midweek because of the struggles of a year ago. Uh, let's see. Cody Watkins. How do you think Carolina will fail against fair against Winthrop? I think we'll do well. I'll, I'll have a score prediction that'll drop tomorrow, Cody. Um, if you didn't listen to the podcast today, admittedly, you know, I, I will not, you know, last year I, and the year before and whatever, I, I've been doing pretty extensive midweek game previews on the podcast. That will be changing. That will be changing. Um, I will probably, and I will definitely, I will no longer be doing that. We're not going to do extensive game previews on the podcast in the midweek, just because honestly, it's a little bit of overkill. Um, I, I think we can talk about the midweek games here on TDC. We can, we can sort of break them down if you will. And, and there's not normally a ton to break down. I mean, there's really not, um, you know, there'll be a couple of intriguing midweek games this year, Charlotte, North Carolina, um, uh, but the others, I mean, I just, Call it for what it is. I don't think anybody wants to hear a 30-minute podcast, me talking about us playing Winthrop on a Tuesday. I, I just That's just the reality. And that's cool. and That's fine. But I will give a prediction. I will drop a prediction graphic probably tomorrow morning. And, uh, you know, we'll discuss it at the de- as the details come out, who's going to be starting pitching. You know, we'll look at the games on TDC. But when we drop the Monday podcast, that is more so, that's going to be completely just your weekend recap. And we'll touch on who the Gamecocks are playing in the midweek, but in regards to like a full breakdown, preview, top storylines, all that stuff, not as much this year. Again, efficiency is a big thing for me in 2023 that I'm maximizing and focusing on, and and that's just one of those areas, right? So I, I think it's, you know, it's it's less is more. You know, you don't want overkill in regards to the content, and I, and I pride myself on the podcast being something that, is an easily digestible part of your daily routine and your day. So that is why I am doing that. So just to let you all know, but yeah, I'll drop a prediction tomorrow, but I, I think the Gamecocks will fare well. I, I have no reason to believe that we will not, um, you know, we won't have a lot of success. I, you, 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 you need to see the bats stay hot for sure. And I think uh, if Eli Jerzenbeck indeed gets the ball tomorrow, um, I think he'll have a lot of success. I mean, I think that'll be the big storyline is watching Eli Jerzenbeck Toe the rubber. <clears throat> We've heard lots of great things about Jerzenbeck and 
and his arsenal and what he features. And, and I mean, it just sounds like he's um, kind of in line to be the Gamecocks next Friday night starter, if all things go according to plan. Guys, that being said, hey, let's go ahead and jump into our first break of the day. On the other side, though, I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more here on this Monday. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. As I just told Brendan, finally, the slide has been updated. The Carolina Alehouse Spring Tour slide, as you guys just saw. We are starting the tour in late March and uh, going throughout the month of April. So really, really excited for the TSUS Spring Tour to get underway in about a month or so. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, truly do appreciate you guys, and I know so many of you will come out. I mean, the big reason we're doing it, we had massive success in the summer tour that took place before the football season. So really, really pumped, guys. Again, we'll go throughout the end of March, uh, a lot of the month of April as well. Um, also, stay tuned for events we're going to have coming up. Stay tuned for events we're going to have coming up, guys. I mean, the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament is uh, – what, the first week of March? That's actually here in Greenville at Bon Secours Arena. Uh, yours truly, we might do something with Carolina Alehouse. I mean, again, I think South Carolina, of course, is going to be the number one seed. Their first game, I think, will be that Friday at noon. So I don't know what that'll exactly mean for TDC. I don't think we'll go live that day just because I, I feel like it'd be silly to go live during the game. Um, but anyways, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But a lot of exciting stuff. A lot of exciting stuff going to be happening Eric Reese, what's up, my boy? What's going on? What's going on? The man behind all the cool graphics. Reese, I meant to text you, by the way. Uh, the, the prediction graphic that we do for basketball, we're going to do the same thing for baseball for the midweek games. So literally just replace the Block C logo, I would say, with the Baseball SC logo, and I'll text you the score after this. So for, like, the Winthrop and the Queens game and stuff like that. Um uh, yeah, I'll just text you after this. But since you tuned in, I figured I'd just say something. But, uh, yeah, pretty simple stuff. Pretty simple stuff, Eric. No no big deal. No big deal at all. Anyways, Austin Gregory, Chris, given last year's results, will you be choosing the Gamecocks to beat the Vols and Tigers again this year, given we don't drop an easily winnable game prior? Well, Austin, I did not pick South Carolina to beat Tennessee. You might recall I picked Tennessee to beat our brains in <laughs> the week of that game. <clears throat> and... Uh, Thank goodness I was wrong. I also picked South Carolina to lose to Tennessee in the preseason last year, so which, of course, I was wrong and happy to do so. Clem sucks was the game that I picked us to win in the preseason. I picked us to win the week of, and it came to fruition. So, you know, uh, yeah, I, I picked South Carolina to beat Clem sucks in my way too early season predictions. I, I think I'm going to be pretty solid on that going into the game this year. I, I you know, now, hey, listen. The week of the game, you know, any, anything can happen, right? So, if, I mean, if South Carolina was 0-11, I'm not going to stick to my prediction just for the sake of, right? I, I, I give a updated prediction the week of the game. But, um, you know, if the season goes how I think we're hoping it's going to go, I feel confident that the Gamecocks will get the dub. So, we shall see, my friend. But a lot on the line, a lot on the line in regards to 
my predictions because I had six and six, three and five in the SEC in year one of Beamer. Nailed that. I had eight and four, five and three in year two of Beamer. Or no, excuse me, I had eight and four, four and four in year two of Beamer. Nailed that. So <laughs> a lot of pressure on year three, right? A lot of pressure on year three. Um, a lot of pressure on year three. What, uh, what shall we do? What shall we do? What shall we pick? And, uh, you know, nobody nobody wants to be the unpopular, you know, have the unpopular pick, right? Picking the the seven and five or the six and six season, right? But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it as I see it. I honestly thought I might have been a little overzealous last year. I mean, I you know, I felt good that like eight and four could happen. But <clears throat> I was like, you know, I, I definitely felt like I was leaning more towards the optimistic side of things than anything else. But uh, thankfully, right, the last two games happened and, and it actually did occur that South Carolina got the W. So let's see, Austin Gregory, hometown stop here in North Augusta. Shout out to the NA. Shout out to the CSRA indeed, my friend. Um, TSUS parade tour when South Carolina finally wins the SEC. Oh, dude. Dude, we'll be celebrating for a week straight. We'll be ce- Dude, we'll be celebrating for a week straight, my friend. All the stogies you can smoke. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Dude, it's insane. That video of Jack Mahoney striking that guy has 458,000 views. 458,000 views on Twitter. Crazy. People are excited about the Yardcocks. Don't sleep on the Yardcocks. Don't let the Yardcocks get hot. Uh, Jeff Gulledge, I know we still have baseball to get through, but I'm ready for the summer simulation games. Those were fun and entertaining. I mean, I thought about it, Jeff. We could do like a way too early simulation series because my guy over at SG1 Sports, he actually did update the rosters. Like the the rosters are updated to this current juncture. So we, you know, I've thought about it, Jeff. But at the same time, I'm like, is that really something I want to add to my plate right now? You know, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe we should, Jeff, just save. And and I'll tell you this, Jeff. Here's here's. Here's something for you. If it was on the new console, and so it was as simple as like you just click a button and you stream, I would stream a lot more. But right now, you got to like set up the PS, the PS3, and, and you got to plug in a bunch of shit. And like, it just, it, it, it honestly gets very annoying. It, it does. But yeah, we'll definitely at minimum do it in the summer. And I think we'll just stick to doing it in the summer. I, I think that's what we're going to do. But uh, yeah, the simulation series is a lot of fun, my friend. Luke RJ says, Brewer, French, and Stone are struggling at the plate for the baseball team. Brewer and French are still without a hit. Uh, Well, I will say this. Stone's on base percentage, very solid. But, uh, yeah. I mean, Jonathan French, Luke RJ is not going to play a lot. I think it's going to be Cole Messina and Talmadge LeCroy behind the plate. So, I I don't think you're going to see Jonathan French a ton. And then uh, Dylan Brewer. Yeah, I mean, he he was the one, you know, we talk who's hot, who's not every single Monday and just – Highlight guys that are hot and who are not. And uh, Dylan Brewer, rough weekend, 0 for 8 with four strikeouts. 
you know, guys, just to be transparent, I, I'd be kind of surprised if 20 games in Dylan Brewer's still in the lineup. I, you know, I hope he gets hot. I hope he figures it out. But, um, you know, listen, the guy hit like 220 at Clem Sucks. So, I mean, I, I didn't have high hopes that he would be an everyday guy here either. Um, but, but we'll see. We'll see. I could be totally off base. I could be totally wrong. But, uh, yeah, tough weekend. Tough weekend for Dylan Brewer for sure especially in a weekend where, like, everybody hit. You know, everybody hit. Mountain Valley sparkling water. Really good. Really good, by the way. Free ad. Free ad. Free ad for those folks. Anyways, guys, I I love the fact. I love the fact that, uh, you know, with, with baseball season, again, it's just the content bleeding out the eyeballs. Football's so much fun because, you know, we spend all week breaking down one game, right, and previewing it and dissecting it. And we probably overanalyze it to a degree. But with baseball, what's so much fun, and basketball as well, is like, again, you have games so consistently, like the content literally creates itself, right? Baseball games on Tuesday and Wednesday this week. Love that. I absolutely love that. So, can't wait to watch the Yardcocks tomorrow and Wednesday as well. Looking forward to uh, a lot of exciting ball on the diamond this week. So, anyways, 84379033377. Austin Greer says, need to go 4-0 and this week. Austin, do you mean 5-0? and Because we have two midweeks and three on the weekend. So, I'm assuming you mean 5-0. and yeah, it'd be, it'd be ideal, Austin, to go 5-0. and uh, I don't think there's any reason. I mean, it's baseball. Crazy things happen, and Penn was a team last year. You know, they gave Texas A&M trouble. That'll be an interesting series this weekend. You, you definitely, though, Austin, I'll say this, you definitely need to win both midweek games. There's no reason not to win those games, right? There's no reason not to win them. So, even last year when the Gamecocks were abysmal, took care of business against Winthrop with ease. So, um. Yeah, and I, and I think South Carolina will. I mean, I'll drop a score prediction tomorrow, like I said, but <clears throat> I think you'll have your way with Winthrop. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, looking back at the opening weekend, you know, was it was a massive success. You know, I picked the sweep. You get the job done. You did it in very loud, emphatic fashion, which I think is what we were all hoping for. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, – all in all, a successful weekend, no doubt. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Anyways, guys, podcast dropped this morning, like I said earlier, episode 761. Be sure to check that out. Also, tsus.store for our latest merchandise. Guys, hey, you need your golf apparel. We got quarter zips. We got polos, right? Everything you need. Adidas, very nice, very nice. Also, we've got our Beamer Rattler 23 merch. We've got our Heisman merch. We've got our 7 plus 3 equals touchdown merch. We've got all of our Yardcocks merch. I mean, all the merch you can think of, we have got it. So really, really exciting stuff. Again, be sure to go check that out. And other than that, stay tuned for all of our events, all of everything that's happening, live stream watch-alongs. Also, by the way, I I do want to announce, no no Mark Ryan today. I'm not going on Mark Ryan's radio show today because I totally forgot that it was President's Day and and people – I guess in radio, they don't do radio on President's Day, which I think is kind of interesting. Either way, though, uh, I believe I'll be going on Mark Ryan's radio show actually tomorrow. I think tomorrow we'll do that. Um, And then Mark Rogers, 
of the voice of college football. He's actually going to join TDC tomorrow at 115. Very excited to have Mark Rogers. I normally am always going on his show. So excited to get Mark on the show tomorrow to talk college football, talk South Carolina football. We'll start talking some spring ball as well. Really, really good stuff. Mark's a great dude, and I appreciate him having me on. It's always a pleasure chatting with him. Um, also, no Mark Ryan on Wednesday. I think we're going to slide Mark Ryan to Friday. We'll have J.C. Sherbert on Thursday. I believe Mark Ryan will be on Friday, and I'm continuing, guys, to look at other guests, looking to beef up the TDC lineup throughout the week. But for right now, I think what we have throughout the, um, you know, this time of year, I think the lineup is very solid, gives us a lot of freedom and flexibility as well. So, um, yeah, apparently Austin, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think radio people do take President's Day off. I think also like Rob Brown took it off too. So, um, apparently, yeah, President's Day is a holiday. President's Day is a holiday for some folks. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's interesting, right? But like when you no longer work in the corporate world and being like an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur myself, like I it's I barely even pay attention to when to like when the holidays are. I just take off when I want to, which which isn't a whole lot, right? I normally am just getting after because I love doing what I do. I no matter what day it is. Um, John Edward, I was listening to an Atlanta sports station this morning. They were doing their regular programming, even for President's Day. Love to hear that, John Edward. John Edwards getting off early today. Love that. Love that for you, John Edward. Love that. Mm-mm-mm. Austin Greer says, D1 baseball is riding Tennessee hard. Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, I, let me just say this. I, I don't think – it's not like football, guys. You, you're not going to drop Tennessee out of the top 25 because they went one and two over this past weekend. So, um, you know, Tennessee opened up with some tough games. They challenged themselves, and they lost two out of three in their tournament. But Tennessee, guys, is still going to be very good. They're, they're going to be very good. Like, let's let's not get it twisted. Tennessee is going to be a very, very good ball club this year. They're going to be right there at the top of the SEC. Uh, I mean, at, at minimum, their pitching staff is is one of the best. It's it's one of the best in college baseball. But again, it's baseball. Baseball happens. So, yeah, I I, I would not expect. D1 baseball to drop Tennessee from like the top 25 because they lost two or three. Now, I saw Kendall Rogers say they lose two out of three this weekend, right? If they continue to be cold, well, then they'll get punished. But they're, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to uh, to drop a ton because they lost two of three in a, in a tournament, right? It's just not going to happen. So, anyways. Let's see. All right, let's go ahead and jump to the phone lines here. Skyland, what's up, man? How are you? Good, good. How are you? Great opening weekend. A great opening weekend indeed, my friend. What's going on? Oh, man. I just I, – I, I'm sorry for this language, but, I mean, I, I am very happy with what I saw. Uh, I thought starting pitching went sharp Friday or Saturday, but they did pitch and get the job done. But kudos to the offense. Uh, Jack Mahoney looked great. Uh, you know, I've, I've always said the hitting's going to be bad, but I don't even know if that's the case. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm optimistic because it's UMass Lyle, but at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, you know, in the past, our bad hitting teams struggled to hit against teams like this, mm-hmm. and, and we went out there and dominated. 
Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, you know, they help to score that many runs. I mean, you know, even if they don't walk us or make them errors or make them boneheaded plays, we still win the game eight to two Friday, nine to two. And you know, we still dominate them games. Now, do we score twenty yeah. runs a game? No. I mean, if they make the plays and they do what they're supposed to, we win nine to two, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, let, let me let me first start on the pitching, Skyland, to your point. You know, I, I thought Sanders, again, what you saw was he, he wasn't quite as sharp as normal, and I think Kingston made the point that, you know, he didn't pitch the entire fall or didn't pitch, like, in a, in a game, right? Or did, did he yes. – he threw pins in the fall, right? He just didn't pitch in, like, live games. No, action. they gave him a break completely from completely. the last year. Completely, okay, year. okay. Yeah. He was one of the guys that was told not to do nothing in the summer or, or the fall. <clears throat> okay. So, I mean, that you know, it makes sense. I, I think that, uh, you know, he's still kind of getting in his groove. I think Will Sanders will be fine, though. I, I think that, uh, you know, as he gets oh, yeah, into he's the, a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as he gets into the season and, you know, I, I feel like Will's kind of a guy that as the as the games get bigger and bigger, I think he'll rise to the occasion. He, I, I, I have no worries with Will Sanders. Uh, Noah Hall, I actually thought, you know, I know his first inning was a little shaky, but I mean, outside of that, uh, didn't give up a hit. So, I mean, I, I thought Noah Hall was was pretty damn good for his first start of the year. And then, I mean, Jack Mahoney, it speaks for itself. He was dominant. Uh, and, then the, and then the bullpen. Bullpen was great. Bullpen was absolutely great, as advertised, right? Uh, on the hitting side of things, to your point, you know, and I mentioned this earlier, Scott, and I'm not sure if you heard me, but, you know, I, I know you agree we're not going to draw any hard conclusions from opening weekend against UMass Lowell, right? Hitting SEC pitching is a completely different thing. But you make a great point that South Carolina's teams that struggled at hitting, they even struggled in the series like the one we just saw in opening weekend. They struggled against everybody. So, And I think that when you look at the lineup and the guys we brought in and, and the fact that guys are a year older and that this lineup now feels like more so of a veteran lineup, you know, it makes sense why you had so much success. And that's what it looked like to me. It looked like you had a bunch of veteran guys taking veteran type of at-bats. You know, you just I saw a bunch of composed hitters, confidence hitters, hitters that had a plan when they stepped in the box. And, hey, again, it's UMass Lowell. It's much more difficult to have that plan when you're going up against guys from Tennessee, Florida, you know, LSU that are throwing 98, 99 miles an hour, right? I mean, we saw all these arms all across the SEC over the weekend. There's some real dudes, right? You're not going to score 20 a game like you mentioned, but uh, encouraging signs for sure. I mean, encouraging signs. And we talked about how important it was to, you know, take advantage of a UMass Lowell and, and do what you should do against that type of pitching and to see them actually execute on it. And I think even, you know, exceed our expectations or our hopes. It's an encouraging right. sign, if nothing else. I love how we uh, capitalize on the errors and the walks they gave us. You know, sometimes when teams helps you, helps you, you got to capitalize. Yeah, and, that and I, I really, yeah, that I was going to say two out hitting. Also, I thought two out hitting runners in scoring position, hitting with runners in scoring position. I, I was really happy with that as well. I thought I, I noticed more than a couple of times two out hitting was was very good. And, and then in the preseason, you know, that's all you have. To, your prediction is what you see, mm-hmm. and. It just, maybe that's the case where our pitching is just that great and it shut down our offense. And and that's why people were panicking, and right. even in myself. But like I said, it's too early to still make predictions. I still think, you know, you, you I, after what I saw, I think you only lose maybe three or four non-conference games and you're in great shape in SEC play. And I was looking at the schedule. And if you only win one of the uh, – one of the five series you have versus top 25 teams, 
and you take two out of three that are not in the top 25, you're still 15 and 15 in the SEC, mm-hmm. and you still had a damn good year. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it, what's interesting is that, you know, <clears throat> from what you told me and from others I, I, I heard from, you know, I heard we didn't hit a lot of home runs in the preseason. And, no, we did not. And, and you hit 14 on opening weekend. So, you know, I, I will say to your point, Skylar, I mean, I, I think if, if you really are that high on our pitching, right, if you're that – and I know you are, and I know everybody is. If you're that high on our pitching, then, yeah, I, I think some of the – probably what the reports coming from preseason camp were all about was that our pitching's just that good. And, you know, that's a that's a iron sharp and iron type of deal because you're not going to see many pitching staffs as good as ours, right? right. Now, when you get an SEC play, there's – I mean, listen, hey, we're, we're going to have to face uh, old Skeens from LSU throwing 99 miles an hour, right? We're going to have to face him on a Friday. We're going to face Tennessee's pitching staff. Like I said, Florida's got a Sunday guy throwing 97. So, I mean, the competition's going to increase, right? I mean, and there's going to be games. Listen, there's going to be days we struggle to hit. I mean, and that's, But that's not what we were all concerned about coming in. What we were concerned about was not being able to hit over the long haul. I mean, everybody's going to have a day where you can't hit. It's just baseball, man. I mean, you're going to have a day where it looks like a pebble coming up to the plate. But – you know, finding consistency and being productive and giving yourself a chance to win. That's, I mean, that's what we all wanted to see. So, you know. If anybody watch any of the players watch your shows, I want to give a couple of shout outs for, I know you're about to go on your break because it's the time for your break. I want to give a shout out to first Cole Messina that have made strides from the last year to this year. He, he's made strides defensively in hitting, as you can see it. I want to give a shout out to uh, Caleb Denny, which I, I did say that he was confident at the plate and he's going to be a fan mm-hmm. favorite. He looks like an Arkansas LSU player in that batter's box. He's confident. He has it. Uh, definitely want to give a shout-out to, to two freshmen. I like what I see from Ethan Petrie, or Petrie, where, however you want to say his last name. And I definitely loved 100% what I saw Friday night from Austin Williams. I loved it. Yeah. So, with that being said, I think they're going to roll with James Hicks on Tuesday and Eli Jones on Wednesday. I don't think you see Becker again this week. Uh, I think, you know, they're trying to say Becker's arm for when they need it so they don't wear it out. Becker's your best bullpen guy. So I do think you see Zimmer back sometime this week or maybe this weekend, but I do think they go Hicks and uh, Eli Jones Tuesday and Wednesday this week. Well, we definitely should find out uh, probably later today because they'll drop the game notes, I believe, for uh, for the Tuesday game. So we should find that out pretty soon in regards to who will get the ball tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm excited, man. Like, like we said, successful opening weekend. I agree with you, by the way, Cole Messina looked incredible. Uh, Lee Croy looked incredible. Hornung, you know, all those guys from last year that really took a step. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I think a lot of folks that, and this isn't like pick on him or anything, but I just think a lot of folks that, had questions why is Michael Braswell not in the lineup where is he at I, I think oh, yeah. I think a lot of folks got an answer this past weekend from yeah you know it's it's well it's just you know you got to put the best sticks in there and uh you know Lee Croy's earned a spot Messina's earned a I mean, so both these guys have earned a spot you know and there's only limited spots to go around and um that's just the reality of it so let me ask you a personal question of uh, I, I think Dylan Brewer's gonna work his way out of the lineup yeah 100% I believe that but Gavin Cassis, I mean, when he's in there, he's a home run threat. But I feel like as of right now, that's all he is. Mm-hmm. Do you leave him in the lineup just for the home run threat? 
Yeah, I think you leave, I, I think you leave him in there. I mean, a guy that has that kind of pop, I, I think you you definitely I, I like him in the lineup. You 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 hope that it you know what what, what did he have? He had uh hold on, what what was his weekend? Was it uh, all of home. all of his hits were home runs? Is that right? Yeah. All of his hits were bombs. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you obviously hope that – let's see. Yeah, Gavin Cassis. Yeah, three for 11, three home runs and seven RBI. So, I mean – you, you, you Go ahead. If you, can hit three, if you can hit three home runs out of 10 at-bats, you're still betting three hundred. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. So, I mean, <laughs> you obviously hope the, the, the game, you know, the rest of it comes around. Uh, I mean, I, I'd leave him in there. I'd leave him in there. Um yeah, I'd leave him in there. So, uh, but but to your point about Dylan or uh, yeah, Dylan Brewer, what's so tough? And I'll just say this, Skyland. What's so tough is like, I didn't think he was very good at Clem Sucks. I, I didn't think no. he, I didn't think he was good. So it's like, it's hard for me, and I'm not trying to pick on the kid, but it's just the reality. It's just hard for me to all of a sudden think he's a stud because he's wearing a different jersey. Like I, he wasn't good for them. You know what I mean? And I and I've heard before that he was kind of highly sought after as a recruit, what have you. I don't think the Gamecocks even offered him. Now, granted, is that his fault? I, I don't think so. I don't know. But um, I, I don't know. I, I just – I hope Dylan Brewer turns it around. He gets hot. He has a great year. But, yeah, to your point, man, it's – it's you know, this is college baseball where, you know, the MLB you got 162 games. You can give somebody 30 games to, to kind of get going. You just don't have that luxury in college baseball. So, I really think that, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll be curious to see what they do how long they let him go, but I, I think he has one more bad weekend. I, th- I think he's out the lineup. I'd, I'm, I'd be, I'm curious to see how long can you see Tiplett and right or center because Tiplett plays center a lot in the preseason, and what I've heard uh, was if Stone don't hit either, Tiplett's going to center. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I like the move of uh, put Hornung back in the outfield and put uh, put Petrie at the uh, – he's a stud Peter's a stud I mean I just you can see his upside he is built <laughs> strong mm-hmm. he, he mean he, he hit the ball hard even Tiplett had a good swing yeah how about hey how about uh how about Kevin Madden one for three with oh, a bomb yeah. over the weekend so I mean you you that's that's the thing this team this team has something that team last year didn't have which is options you, you have options so, and I think people saw why Jonathan French is yeah. not going to get no playing time either. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, you think back to last year, man, and so many guys that, you know, like, for example, a Colin Burgess that just could not hit their body weight. You're not, you're not stuck in a situation this year where, like, you have to play those guys. You know, you have and, other guys. And I was thinking when he was betting for Carolina, and I'm not trying to bash no game cop player, mm. but I'm kind of I'm kind of going to bash French. Is like, how does this guy – beat us last year like this choker is terrible at plate. yeah i mean l- listen it's it's one of those things where i don't even think in baseball you're bashing it's just you go off the numbers i mean again that's that's where i fall with brewer that uh i mean again the kid hit like 215 at clem sucks i mean i just yeah. i didn't think he was all that great then and i i don't think hitting 215 is good enough to be in this lineup i just i'm I curious to see what they're gonna so. do with the first I'm curious to see what they could do with first mates, DH, in the outfield because I've heard Tiplett might get some time in the center if Stone don't hit. And I know if Brewer don't hit, I know Brewer's got to come out. I mean, he's just yeah. – he has that that loop swing that he just pop. He has no power. You can tell. Yeah. He has no pop in his bat. So, he, I just feel like Brewer has to come out. Mm-hmm. And I'm more, I'm more bashing on the Clemson players that come in because – 
I mean, you used to be a Clemson player. I don't really give a shit about you. <laughs> but if you can help the Gamecocks, great. But I just think he's got to they, they got to find somebody else to get that better bat in that lineup. Those guys, admittedly, those guys definitely have to do more to earn the love and admiration from Gamecock fans because of their past. Yeah. Put it that way. I'm really confident in Petrie and Tiplett and that Austin kid that you saw pitch Friday. Uh, I thought Cade looked great Sunday. I'm really excited for Jack Mahoney. <clears throat> Noah Sanders did his thing. and Not Noah Sanders, Noah Hall. And Will Sanders, I think that Friday night at Clemson at 6 p.m., I want to I wanna ask you, I want to call you about it later, see if you wanted to go anyway. But uh, I think he is going to absolutely shove it down their throats. That's what we're hoping for, my man. That is what we're hoping for indeed. So, I'm looking forward to it, man. Like I said, a successful opening weekend, no doubt. Successful opening weekend. I think Clemson is going to be the first weekend you can see actually what the the pitching, not the pitching, the offense will look like. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, look, yeah. I mean, that's we're going to learn more about this team as we go, as the competition gets better. So, All right, I'm going to hit you up a couple days to see if you want to go Friday night at Clemson. Obviously, you might – but if not, I do I do have a Greenville ticket for you if you're wanting to go to Greenville. I appreciate so. it, man. Yeah, we'll definitely be in touch. We'll figure it out. All righty. Well, let's keep it, keep it rolling. I'm still optimistic about hitting, but as like I said, even the bad offensive teams would have struggled this weekend, and we did not at all. <clears throat> yeah. So I am optimistic of how – if we can hit like this and score six, seven runs SEC play, we're a 41 team, and we're top national eight seeds. Fingers crossed, my man. Fingers crossed. Colin, I, yeah, I appreciate right, it as I, always, man. Great stuff from you. All right, much love. Go Cox. Go Cox. Appreciate you, brother. Great stuff from Skyland as always. And, yeah, you look at the offensive numbers, guys, over the weekend against UMass Lowell. Gamecocks hit 393, 14 home runs, and scored 49 runs. Also slugged 832. Also drew 18 walks, had a 507 on base percentage. I mean, even Evan Stone, who went one for seven, by the way, Luke RJ said he didn't get a hit. He went one for seven, had a 538 on base percentage. So, hey, if you're getting on base, that's really all that matters, especially a guy with Evan Stone's speed. He's going to be your nine-hole hitter anyway. So, if he's getting on base, that's a positive. That's a plus for sure. Um, All right, guys, let's jump into a break. On the side, I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more here on this Monday. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Here on this Monday, February the 20th, 2023, a sweep Monday, a sweep Monday indeed. <clears throat> a sweep Monday indeed. Let's see. Uh-uh. How about college baseball on a Monday? Got some games out there on a Monday. Love that. President's Day Baseball. Love to see it. Love to see it. And again, guys, a really successful weekend at Founders Park. I mean, I don't, 
I, I don't think you could have drawn up a much better opening weekend than what we saw scoring 49 runs. How about this? Wake Forest hit 13 home runs on the weekend. They went 4-0. and Outscoring Illinois and Youngstown 45-8. So they had a very similar weekend as to what we did. So, Rake Forest is back at it again. Rake Forest back at it again. Yeah, Brian Dean, I like the patience that played as well. I like the patience that played as well. No, Luke RJ, you said Stone did not get a hit, which he did. Anyways, let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Robbie Davis, Zaxby Hall of Famer. To accept. Robbie, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing on this Monday? I'm doing fantastic, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Okay, first off, I'm going to bite the bullet. Okay. <clears throat> and like I told you, like I told you for the weekend, I only did that to ruffle your feathers a little bit, just, just, to, just to mess with you. But in reality, I was expecting us to dominate you, Matt Lowe. I was just doing that. I was just doing that whole one point mess just to mess with you. <laughs> I hear you. You got me. You got me, Robbie. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I was very impressed because I watched the Friday game and the Saturday game. I was very impressed at our hitting and definitely impressed with our pitching and our our fielding was spot on at, at a lot, in my opinion, which, of course, you're going to give up hits, right? Against anybody, you're going to give up hits, you're going to give up doubles, you're going to give up singles, and you might occasionally, and you'll occasionally give up a home run. But overall, the whole weekend, I think we played fantastic. It was actually a great weekend for Carolina sports. We broke out the brooms in baseball, and the men, by some miracle, went to LSU and beat LSU, even though LSU is just about as bad as we are. Mm-hmm. But it was a good, it was a good uh, sports weekend, and I am, I just want to see us do the same thing that we did this past weekend. Play, don't play. Because I feel like last year we played a little like tight a little bit mm-hmm. during the baseball season. Like whenever we got down a run or two, I feel like we panicked too much. Instead of just playing, we panicked and then we tried too hard. And when it comes to, especially in baseball, if you try too hard and you don't let the game come to you, you're going <clears> to. <throat> look like an idiot walking back to the dugout because you struck out. Yeah, the game is hard enough without the external pressures, for sure. <laughs> by, the, by the way, guys, side note, Robbie, I, I do want to point out, I did mess up on Luke RJ's comment. He said that French and Brewer without a hit, but Stone struggling with the plate. I thought he grouped them in there with them. So, hey, I'm a slapdick for that. I apologize. Yes. So, anyway, <laughs> Stone did get a hit, one for seven on the nah, weekend. Brewer, yeah. French, go hitless. But – no, to your point, for sure. I mean, I, I thought that we had a plan. I thought we had an approach at the plate. And, um, you know, the key will be to carry we, that confidence. We were patient. Pro- 
Yeah. You still there? Did yeah, I go, lose go, you? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm letting you go. Okay. Um, and so, so, and and all in all, like, just we did we did great. As expected during the off season, the pitching staff looked phenomenal. And Sanders, he looked in, in the Friday game because I know and he he looked a little shaky at times, but as the Friday game went on, I could see that he was settling in and he was doing fine, which is great. But I truly, I do believe that whenever when when Sanders starts to hit his stride, which is hopefully sooner rather than later, he's going to be an absolute nightmare on Fridays. Yeah, I'm confident Will Sanders will have a great season. I have no worries about Sanders. Again, like I said, I think that, uh, you know, he took the summer and the fall off, and, and you know, he, he's maybe – so maybe he's a little bit behind but uh, some of the other guys, but right. no, I, Will Sanders will be fine. He's, he's got incredible stuff. Um, you know, I think he'll improve. I think he'll make a major jump from start number one to start number two on Friday. And, uh, yeah, Will Sanders yeah. is the the least of my concerns for this baseball team for sure. Yeah, and I think I think Noah Hall did excellent. He did about as good as expected. Yeah, had that shaky first inning, but uh, <clears throat> but was fantastic the rest of the way out. So, you know, the Gamecocks pitching staff <laughs> as a whole, I would say, was really really good this weekend. And you know, they did what they should have done. I mean, it's you know, you expect to dominate mm-hmm. a team like that. So, yeah. And I watched at least – I finished watching the uh, second half of the basketball game from the, uh, from the other day because mm-hmm. I watched half of the basketball game against LSU. And then I watched the baseball game until I went to my dad's show on Saturday. But um, with the way – I, I liked the fact that we did something that we normally don't do in a basketball game. We actually attacked, drove to the basket, and tried to get fouls and get layups and all that other stuff. If this team does that, I think we do great. But if but if they if teams turn us into a daggum jump a jump shot shooting team, they know okay this team is known for going on a a cold streak. So let's force them to shoot from the outside. And instead of trying to drive into the basket, we do exactly what they want us to do, which is shoot jumpers. And this team is not built like that. And the reason we won against LSU is because we attacked the basket. Well, 15 made three-pointers Saturday at LSU. Um, that norm, that will spell to a winning effort more times than not. So, uh, yes. yeah, I mean, it's you, 15 make trifectas <clears throat> will add up to a W a majority of the time. Yeah. I mean, this team, so. this team got hot. So, I, you know, to, to, you know, when you got Michi Johnson with 20, Gigi with 20, Hayden with 18 or 16, Jacoby Wright with 18. And that's, again, that's a recipe for success. So, and we knew it a couple yeah. weeks ago. We said, you know, there's going to be a, a game or two. This team, you know, they all get hot and everybody's clicking and you're going to find a way to win. But those those days are going to be very yeah. limited. That's just not going to happen all the time. And, uh, yeah, 
So yeah. I, I think uh, I think Wednesday is going to be really ugly. I, I think Alabama might beat us by forty, uh, truly. So yeah, it, it it probably won't be pretty. No, but uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get off of here, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks whenever you're in Somerville. For sure, man. I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's do it. Going to be a lot of fun. For sure. All right, man. You have a great rest of your day, and go Cox and to hell with Clemson. To hell with them. Well said, Robbie. They suck. Well said. Well said. All right, buddy. I appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. You too. Great stuff from Robbie Davis, as always. And yeah, Luke RJ, live by the three, die by the three. Hey, when you live by it, when you live by it, um, you know, it works out well, right? When, when you're making them, when you're making them, it's it's beautiful. But, uh, you know, and, and it's it's no indictment on Paris's program, man. We're, we're going to lose Wednesday night. Um, you know, it is it is what it is. Bam, Bama's... <laughs> I mean, they're, they're elite, you know what I'm saying? So, it, it, it's – I mean, here's the thing. In a season in which you're trying to draw, you know, small victories, if you will, small wins, I mean, you're, you're probably not going to finish last in the SEC, which we all agreed before the season started that if you didn't finish last, that'd be a bit of a win, you know what I mean? So, um, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. Again, like we said, the bar is in hell, but that's just the reality. So, um Taylor, how's Greenville? I like it. Greenville's dope. Greenville's really dope. Really nice. Beautiful city. Um, yeah. Super dope. Super dope. Oh, Brendan, that's right. You're going to be at the Bama game because you've got, uh, what? You're doing something with band, the band homies. Something with the band homies. Dak Gaming 11, can we just cancel the game? Let's just say we're dealing with COVID or something. Nah, we're, I mean, yeah, I, I know you're joking, but I mean, I'll, I'll be intrigued to see if we can give them a fight, even just for a half. But I mean, dude, Alabama just beat Georgia by like 50 who beat us. So I don't think it'll be that bad, but we just realistically do not have, we do not have the horses to keep up. But then again, we did beat Kentucky on the road. And, and I know that Bama and Kentucky, it's not the same thing, but you never know. That's why they play the games, I guess. But uh, I, I go into Wednesday nights with with no expectations. But I will be recording the Thursday podcast after that game. So it'll be a late night recording of the podcast. But I am going to wait until after the Bama game, of course. Uh, it only makes sense. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Hope I, I will say this. If it's like a 20 or 30-point deficit at halftime, I'll probably just record the record the show at half and say, you know what? I wasn't about to sit around and wait on wait on the conclusion of of, of that ball game. Uh, SEC weekly baseball honors have been dropped. <clears throat> no Gamecocks. No Gamecocks on it. Jared Wegner, the player of the week from Arkansas. Paul Skeens from LSU, the pitcher of the week. Co-freshman Ike Irish from Auburn and Bryce Chance from Mississippi State. Again, those are your co-freshmen. Uh, and those are your... SEC honors for the week. So, how about Missouri going two and one in that tournament they were in? That was that was impressive. That was impressive. And you know we're always kind of keeping an eye on what the uh, what the what the rivals doing. But how about Clem sucks this week? Clem sucks this week. They've got Charlotte in the midweek. Charlotte in the midweek, and then UCF for three on the weekend. So, really interesting stuff. 
Let's see. Are there new, let's see, are there new odds? So there's new odds for teams to win the College World Series. South Carolina sits at plus 9,000 to win the College World Series. Why not throw 100 on it, right? Why not throw 100 on it? Let's jump to the one. Call from Scotty. Bro. Scotty, what's up, man? How are you? Man, it feels good to be good. How good? How how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Yeah, I'm in a clean sweep. A clean sweep for really all sports, not just baseball, right? Men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball gets it done. Softball gets it done. So, yeah, really, really good stuff for sure, man. It's, it uh, definitely feels good to definitely. be good on this Monday. Definitely, definitely, man. I was just sitting there and uh, I was thinking, like on the baseball side of things, we gave up. 12, I think it was 12 hits through three games. So pitching was outstanding, of course, when you just look at the numbers side of it. Um, but hitting-wise, unbelievably mind-blown at the moment. Still trying to process what just happened since Friday. Um, but I got to say, man, I it was glad to score 49 runs. But I think the biggest takeaway that, you know, you can take away from this weekend was not only did we score 49 runs, not only did we hit 14 home runs, but the approaches by every single hitter that was in the lineup was, I think, the biggest thing to build off of because we always worried about hitting. We talked about it all preseason and everything, and I'm sure we'll talk about it until the end of the season. But when you have guys that have approaches like that, that's what's really going to carry you. And I realize that, you know, they're a whole lot different from SEC pitching. But when you can have those approaches, good things will start to happen. Um, And it's definitely something to build off of. So it was really, really good to see that, at least from my perspective. But, uh, yeah. You know, I thought so, too. I thought so, too, man. I I loved the approaches as well. Um, You know, a bunch of confident veteran hitters. And, uh, you know, I think the big question now just moves to, and you're not going to score 20 runs a game, right? But – when you get into SEC play, you start facing some better pitching. Can you keep that approach? It's all about consistency, right? I mean, it's, you know, when, when you're facing lesser opponents, you know, it's, it's, it's easier to have a good approach, right? But as Mike Tyson once said, everybody's got a plan or they get punched in the face. So when you're facing Paul Skeens on a Friday night throwing 98 miles an hour, when you're facing Florida Sunday guy throwing 97, when you're facing Tennessee's rotation as a whole, right? It's about having that same approach, being able to make the make the adjustments from pitch to pitch. You can do that, and I and you know again, positive signs in opening weekend. But that's what it's going to be about now is just finding that consistency. But again, a great start. You could not have scripted a better start for this lineup and for this offense. And um, you know it's what you needed. You you needed you needed something to feel good about. We talked about this all last week. Just give us something to feel good about. Build some confidence. Build some momentum. Because you're going to need all that confidence you can get once you dive into SEC play, right? Because then it really turns up. There's nowhere to hide. This is what you should be doing against non-conference pitching, right? We should be hitting around 350, 360, you know, a lot of home runs, a lot of guys feeling good about their game. Then you get into SEC play, and that's when the real grind begins, right? So, um, again, a success, it'll be about finding consistency as you face better competition. Definitely, and I, I will say I was I'm very high on Carson Hornung. Um, yeah, I think balling. he's going to be, you know, your 
leadoff guy probably from now until the end of the season. Um, and mainly is because even though he's a sophomore, dude, it blows my mind that he's a sophomore. Hmm. Um, but his his approaches as a leadoff hitter, you know, he wants to see as many pitches as possible. He'll get in those later counts. And he's going to find something that he can barrel up. And if not, he's going to put it in place somewhere. Um, and that's really what you want in your leadoff spot. So, I mean, that's good to see with that. And then I think Evan Stone, um, I know he didn't really have the best weekend, but I think him in the nine hole um, where he's going to draw a lot of walks and he's going to get on base. And then you got Horn on right after him back at the top of the order. With Evan Stone's speed, I think that that does some damage. And then with your – two through five guys with a whole lot of power with Wimmer, Cassius, and, you know, people like that. Those are your guys that, you know, can mm-hmm. score those runs. Yeah. Um, so, I think um, – I know David Ross because I'm a big Chicago Cubs fan. So, uh, David Ross and Joe Madden, they kind of played it to where – and I don't know if you ever remember this, but where they're in the National League where pitchers used to hit, their pitcher would hit at the eighth spot and then they would have another guy at the ninth spot. And the reason being is because that nine guy would be kind of like your secondary leadoff hitter to get somebody out on base when you come to the top of the order. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what you see with Evan Stone and Hornung and guys like those. And I think that is a big deal, a big advantage, um, especially when you got those power guys two through five. Um, so it'll be really interesting, but you just got to maintain and, and be consistent, um, you know, at the plate. But, as far as the approaches, the power, the contact, the seeing pitches and getting what you want, all of that there, that was there this weekend. Now you just got to build on it and keep going with it. Um, so I think that's something to really kind of lean into, dive into, um, and just keep pushing it as the season goes forward. But the pitching was outstanding. Mahoney had an outstanding day. Um, that was really cool to see for his, I think Kingston said it was his first start or first game he pitched since like for like six hundred something. Yeah, days. I was I was at his last start. I was at that midweek game against North Florida when he uh when he popped it. So been a long time. Yeah, I mean it'd been like six hundred and fifty six days, I think, since he started a game. Um, you know, so no, it was great stuff for Jack. But back to your appointment about the lineup, you know, Kingston's made the point about Evan Stone. He's going to be one of those guys. He's in there for his defense, right? If he can hit 250 for a year better, it's a win. Uh, Stone's a guy I'd really like to see in the nine hole. I'd like to see him at the ball on the ground. I'd like to see him bunt. Just use your speed, right? You got incredible speed. You should hit 250 with your legs, really, truly. You really should, you know? I mean, he's a guy that I I just – you need to know – you you need to understand your skill set. You need to understand the value you bring to the lineup, right? And so – your value, you're not going to hit 20 bombs. You're not doing it, right? I'm not saying you're not going to hit a home run at all, but you're not hitting 20 bombs. Use your speed. Like, I don't think he should hit a ball in the air, truly. Does that to me? You know? I mean, drive the baseball, sure, but, like, if he puts the ball on the ground, Evan Stone has a chance to make something happen, right? So, um, I think he can be dangerous down there for you as long as he finds ways to get on base. I mean, that's the thing. He went one for seven on opening weekend, but he had a over 500 on base percentage. You'll take that. You'll take that. Just find ways to get on base. Use that speed. Be a threat. Um, but, yeah, man, again, to your point, I mean, all across the board, it was a fantastic performance. And, I, and I'll say this, that uh, when you've got the type of stuff that South Carolina's pitchers do and you combine that also with fantastic defense, which is something that it's not the sexiest thing to talk about. You know, we, we, we didn't 
We haven't talked a ton about that today, but the the improvements defensively, I thought, were just extremely evident. You combine that, right, the, the stuff on the mound with elite defense, dude, your offense doesn't have to be that good. I mean, it, it needs to be solid, but, like, that helps your ball club so tremendously, right? And so if you can carry that throughout the entire season, it's going to help out the offense. It's going to help the bats exponentially, right? Just what you need to do offensively to win games. So, um, you know, South Carolina's in a good spot right now. We'll see. I mean, again, baseball has a great way of humbling us all, right? It will humble us. It will humble you. It will humble South Carolina at some point. And that's okay. It happens. The best teams lose. But, you know, to handle business the way you did against a team that you should take care of business against, that was fun to watch. That was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, looking at it like defensively, and and here here's the thing where it's going to be very interesting what Mark Kingston does is because you've got a lot of guys that can pitch between bullpen, your weekend, and your weak guys that can throw the ball. You've got a bunch of defensive players. And you've got a lot of bats, and you can use a lot of different combinations. Um, so it's going to be real interesting on how Kingston goes from what he's seen. Because I want to say that he said most of the guys played just from the weekend, played three or more innings um, that we're going to see playing time. And I think pretty much every single one of them did something to build off of. Yeah, the, um, the so bench guys, the bench guys, Kingston said all pretty much all of them saw about nine innings of baseball, like games worth of baseball. So, which is ideal, which is what you wanted. You wanted to get your guys, you know, try out different dudes and and give kids opportunities, and and that's how you kind of find out who's you know who deserves more and, and you know, who, who your go to guys are going to be. I mean, I think the only thing that's set in stone is, for the most part, is that weekend rotation. I think I mean, that I, at, I think there's I feel some, like the lineup will fluctuate. Yeah, I think guys will move. Around, yeah, I, I think I think there's a, I think there's a couple of guys in the lineup that are going to be everyday guys. I, I think Hornung's oh, an everyday guy. Leecroy's an everyday guy. Probably Messina's mm-hmm. an everyday guy. Wimmer, uh, Caleb Denny, right? So I mean, I, I think there's some set, but but you're right. I, this is the opportunity, or this is the time to shuffle around some dudes give some guys some opportunities in some different spots and see how they react. And that's kind of how you figure out what you have. Yeah. But see, I think that's why we're going to be, well, especially after last year, I'm sure everybody like myself is going to be very critical with Kingston. And I think this year with this team and having so many options, I think it opens the door. And I, I hate to be this guy to say this, but I think it really does open the door for more mistakes. But I hope that he knows that everybody's going to be very critical about how everything plays out this year. Um, but that's my two cents on it. Really great weekend, way to build on it and stuff like that. But uh, I will be there Wednesday. Thank goodness. Dude, Wednesday's going to be a heck of a day for me, the <laughs> baseball game. Mm. And then I'm turning around and going to the basketball game to watch a disaster. Um, that's the best way I think of knowing how to put it. But uh, it should be fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, best of both worlds, in my opinion. Yeah, hey, d- little, little double dip, man. It'll be it'll be a double dip. It'll be a fun night Wednesday for sure. A lot of lot of lot of Gamecocks, a lot of Gamecock sports. Definitely. So, but I'll leave you with that, man. It's great talking to you as always. But definitely something to build on top of. But I'll let you get back to it, man. And 
I'm sure you don't hear this every day, but I just want you to know we all appreciate what you do. Um, I know you enjoy it, but we all appreciate it. Um, and just have that as a constant reminder, even if you don't get it every day. But uh, I'll leave you with that, man. Scotty, you're the man. I appreciate the kind words, my friend, and I appreciate you calling in. Always. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff. We'll talk soon. Great stuff from our friend Scotty. And, uh, yeah, I definitely do appreciate the kind words. You know, I, I do love doing it on a day-in, day-out basis, and I'm, and I'm just really uh, – you know, just grateful that uh, by following my passions and pursuing something I love doing, that it also drives value to to the masses. That that that's again, that's truly how you know you found your dharma. And 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 I, uh, I'm I'm just extremely thankful that I'm in that in this position, and uh, truly appreciate you guys sincerely. Like I like I mentioned all the time, and it's true, TSUS would not be what it is and what it's becoming without your love, your support. So thank you all so much. You all are what make TSUS what it is, and certainly you all are make what make TDC what it is as well. Guys, that being said, we are going to jump into one final break, but on the other side, I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 10 minutes or so here on the Daily Crow. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Monday. Getting the week started off right. Uh, And, guys, what a beautiful week it's going to be today. The high 71, then 75, 75, 81, 71 throughout the week. How about that? 81. It's going to hit the 80s. And that's in Greenville. Hell, you look at Columbia, I think it's going to be even warmer. Yeah, your two midweek games. The highs are 75 and 80. I mean, you just you just love that. I will say this. <clears throat> there are other really cool places in the world, right? And I'm someone that I like to... Um, <clears throat> that I like to... <clears throat> excuse me, guys get out and about and get to different places and all that good stuff. But I just, they're really the Southeast and specifically South Carolina. I don't know that there's a better state, like with, with better weather. I just, the weather we have is undefeated. We, we have the best weather and I know, I know some people hate the summer, the humidity, the hot, whatever, but um, no, it's, it's the weather's just incredible. I mean, how can you beat it? How can you beat it? Dak Gaming, Chris, I'm disappointed you didn't thank the slapdick community of Gamecock Twitter just now. They also have a role to play. They do. Hey, listen, they do. Listen, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Dak Gaming and to everybody else, to those that love me, thank you. To those that loathe me, thank you. Listen, everybody plays a role. Everybody does. Even those that despise me, even those that that do their best to run my name through the mud and deter folks from tuning into my content or, or wanting to have anything to do with me as a human being. Everybody plays a role. So listen, I'm, I'm, I'm to, to insinuate that I'm not grateful for anything in life. You have to be grateful for it all, right? You can't just pick and choose the things you like or what have you. Like I'm grateful for everything because if it were not for everything, we would not be where we currently are. Does that make sense? So I am grateful for the Carolina Slapbit community. I am grateful for, and, but I always say this too. I, you know, I have fun with it, right? The Carolina Slapbit community, what have you. 
I have fun with it. But what's funny is like the hate is never reciprocated. It's not. Like if you're a Gamecock fan, you bleed the garnet and black, you pull for the same team as me. I, I don't dislike you. I, I don't innately dislike you. I, I just don't. So that's, I don't understand a lot of the slap bit community and the way they act because it's like, I'm a Gamecock. I, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I just, I don't have that hatred. Like it's, it's again, it's, it's not reciprocated. None of it is. None of it is. So it ain't nothing but love, man. I mean, again, you pull for the Gamecocks, like, I got number love for you, man. It's all cool. Whatever it is, what it is. I mean, I understand how it works. Some people aren't going to like the way I operate and go about things and operate in content. And that's totally fine. Not everybody's supposed to like it. If everybody did like it, then I wouldn't be doing anything. I wouldn't be. TSUS would not be what it is. It, it's, it's just that's kind of the nature and content, right? Not everybody's supposed to like what you do. I think a lot of people kind of get that misconstrued and get that twisted. If everybody likes you, then nobody likes you. Um. Yeah. Anyways, so. no, I, I'm grateful for every single person that uh, interacts, engages with our content. Um, you know, shows love is critical. Hey, listen, the beauty's in the banter, man. That's why I always say the beauty is truly in is in the banter. And um, so I'm grateful for it all, man. I'm grateful for those that love me, that hate me, that feel indifferent about me, whatever. Um, I'm grateful for Gamecock fans. I'm grateful for Clem Sucks fans. Even I'm grateful for rival fans that tune in our content. Again, everybody has a role. Everybody has a role, and um, yeah, so I am thankful for it all. Anyways, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven ten. We got a couple minutes left. If somebody wants to try to squeeze in a call here, I appreciate those that call in every single day and, and tune in, and you guys that provide the banter. Um, yeah, so will be interesting to see. Will be very interesting to see if these college football rules. Um, if these college football rules take place in regards to shortening the game, if that actually happens or not. Going to be really interesting to see. So. Luke RJ, you're the man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that, and Dak that Gaming, no, I, I appreciate the love on the baseball content. I know, I think it's. I think that's Dakota, if I'm correct. Um, I mean, listen, man, I, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The, the group of even the group of Dakota and, um, I forget some of the names of some of the guys, but even a guy like Cinderella that has done his best to just completely drag my name to the mud. And, um, you know, listen, I, I'll tell you this, man, even if a guy like that, even after all of the horrific shit and just kind of the actions that have taken place, if a guy like that reached out, if you if it's your dream to talk Gamecocks and do a podcast and do what I do and create content, if you reach out and you want advice or need tid, I'd, I'd help. Because who am I to stand in the way of somebody's dream? Who am I to stand in the way of, of you know, I, I think back to when I first started and I, I would have been, I would have been grateful for somebody else helping me. I would have been grateful for that, right? And, you know, I think people have to understand and need to understand your light doesn't shine brighter because you're trying to dim the light of someone else. No, Nobody's going to, I, there's a lot of folks that I, not just in the Gamecock sphere, but I'm just talking about in content. You know, obviously we're all competitive and it's all competition, but at the same time, it's not. Like people ask me, who are you in competition with? And I just, I say nobody. Because nobody's me and nobody's you, Right. 
I'm just creating content the best I possibly can. It's going to be unique to me because my voice is unique and what I say is unique and, and my opinion is going to be different than your opinion and my, my, my cadence and my tone, the way that I operate, the things I say, just how I am. It's going to be unique, right? But so you don't, you don't build a show, you don't build an entity, you don't build content, you don't build a brand stepping on others and, and saying, well, that guy sucks, you should listen to me instead. That's not enough for people to want to tune into you. And so I see people do that. It's like, if you're building your brand, your entity, your show, whatever it is, if you're building your presence in this game off of your foundations built off of hate, jealousy, envy, distaste for another person, that's a foundation that's not going to sustain itself. Your foundation needs to be I am serving the end consumer. I'm doing my best, my very best to provide valuable content to the end consumer, to the fans of my show, to the people who rock with me. But so anyways, I, I just say, you know, again, as I said before, that the, the, the disdain and the distaste and all that, it's, it's, it's not reciprocated. And even somebody like a, like a Cinderella on Twitter or any of those out there who have just, you know, done their best to – to just whatever, talk shit. I don't know. I would still lend a helping hand. I actually would. I would still lend a helping hand because, again, if it's really, truly, genuinely your dream to talk Gamecocks and cover the Gamecocks and create content, I, I don't think anybody should be held back from doing, you know, if you've got the right skill set, you've got the work ethic, and and you're passionate about it, and, you know, you, you have a desire to do that, you feel like that's your calling, hey, I'm not someone that believes in, in – in holding people back from that, or uh, I think everybody can win. Bottom line, everybody can win. It's not a well, one person has to win. Like the beauty is that there are, are, are multiple Gamecock entities, that there are multiple Gamecock shows. And if you can find your niche where you can provide something that other entities are not providing, or you can do it at a much higher level, an excellent level, then you can be compensated accordingly for it. You can do it full time and you can live your dream on a day-in, day-out basis. And so, again, I, I think everybody should have the opportunity to do that. And um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of my piece on that. Guys, we've hit 2 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, thank you all so much. Jay Smith, I appreciate you checking in, my friend. The trip was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, last week, uh, the ski trip. I, I actually love skiing. I do. Skiing's fun. Uh, it's it's like it's, – it's almost like golf where it's like it's a fun challenge. You know, it's it's – I'm just good enough at it to really enjoy it, but it's just difficult enough to where it's like, oh, I really want to get back out there and, and get better. So, um, yeah, Roach King is a new is a father now. Roach King's a father. Um, yeah, I mean, he already was a father, but a, a father of a newborn. So congratulations to the Roach King. Very excited for he and his wifey. Um yeah, really, really good stuff. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have Roach King back on for the football season. I, I don't know. That's a ways out. You never know. We could go a different direction with guests, stuff like that. But Roach King's always welcome. Roach King's always welcome. All right. Uh, Dak Gaming, I, I may go to one of PDOC's games. I have no idea. It just kind of depends on how the schedule uh, aligns with South Carolina's baseball season. All right. We've hit 2 o'clock, guys. Got to get out of here. Appreciate you all tuning in. Check out the podcast that dropped this morning. Also, TDC drops in podcast form every single day. 3 o'clock on our podcast feeds, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Google Podcast. Y'all know where to find it. Find us. Also, stay tuned, of course, to the content. Content bleeding out of the eyeballs. We love it. Hey, yard cocks are rocking. The court cocks. Football never stops. Ladies basketball, women's basketball, what they're doing. 
the chase of the national title feels good to be good. Appreciate you all. Let's have one hell of a week. Thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.